what I'd like to talk about tonight in Hilchah Shabbos is really the dealing there's three different uh, so to speak categories of halacha which apply in Arab Shabbos um, and they're all centered around the fact that, that we're, not, we're worried about how, the way, the, how a person enters into Shabbos and therefore we have three different because there is wants to call it that of Chazal about uh, Arab Shabbos the first one is regarding traveling on Arab Shabbos. It's brought down in the Gemara that a person shouldn't travel on Arab Shabbos more than three parsa, certain share of space. When does Arab Shabbos start? Oh, when does Arab Shabbos start and when does, how does the share apply? And what's the reason for that? So the Gemara says the reason is because he wants a person to arrive home early enough and he'll still have time to prepare for Shabbos. So obviously in the way the Gemara set the story up, we're talking about the person who they themselves are going to have to prepare for Shabbos. And if they're going to wrap him too late, they won't be able to do that. Um, now, the, the situation when they have somebody else to prepare for them, in other words, they have family, or they're going to be a visitor for Shabbos, so that does the Salakha apply the same way? So we're going to see that as we're trying to talk about, that it doesn't just apply for a person himself, the Shekhan says, you know, the Takana was that a so person should get home in time to prepare Shabbos for himself, but he says the Sadaq also applies even if a person is Ben Shaholech, the Beis Even if he's going to go to somebody else's home for Shabbos, that would apply as well. Now, what is the reason why if you're going to someone else's house, that would be the, when you're not the one preparing for Shabbos? So what Mufashim is saying on the Gemara is that it's talking about a case where he's going to someone else's house, that they don't know that he's coming. Or even a person who's a traveler and he wants to go to his own home, but they're not expecting him. And then we worry about the same thing. He's going to arrive late. And people are going to suddenly realize, well, we have another guest for Shabbos, we better start preparing for them. And we're going to have the same problem of running into a suffix of Chedal Shabbos that people are going to start preparing new food or ready food for Shabbos too late. And then it's going to be a Mitchell of, uh, of Chedal Shabbos. And that's why in a case like that, either a person is preparing for themselves, or in a case where they're relying on they're arriving at someone's house who's not expecting them, they can't travel too far. And it would seem from there from that halacha. And if a person is traveling to a place where they are expecting him, and uh, he's, they've arranged he's going to be there for Shabbos, and therefore it's understood that they'll prepare for him in advance, so then the reason for the halacha doesn't apply. We'll still have to see exactly how much Chazal are worried about it, but at least the equal reason for the Quran doesn't apply. Now, the Gemara Shia of three parts, so how much does that translate into? So the Gemara says in Psachim that the Mahalach Adam the Yayim, the man that a person walks in a normal day, which is 12 hours of walking from night to Shkia, in the average day is 10 parts. And if that's the case, three parts is approximately a third of a day, or it's just under four hours. And so that's the case with the Gemara says that a person shouldn't embark on the journey in Arab Shabbos, which is more than a third of the day, because then he's worried that he's going to get delayed, and if that's the case, he might arrive late for Shabbos. Uh, the Gemara doesn't talk about what time of day we t- he began. The Mashmaras would be any time of the day. The, uh, a journey which is that long is likely to uh, take longer than expected, in which case the person shouldn't travel so far on um, on Arab Shabbos, but that's talking about a person who's walking. 
again, if a person walks 10 parasa a day, so we're talking about a person going by foot, and we say a third of the day is three parasa. And the first we're already talking about on the Shifra, and others, what about if a person is riding in a horse or in a wagon? Or today, of course, the child is going to be if a person is flying in an airplane or going in a, or going in a bus or in a car. So how much is he allowed to travel on Erev Shabbos? The share of three parsa. if you're traveling in some kind of locomotion, is not very much in distance. So the person can say that it has the same day. And the Shabbos day is a third of the day. So regardless of your mode of transport, a journey which is going to take more than four hours, uh, a person shouldn't do an Erev Shabbos. Um, that's the Pashtas. The Mishnah Burr is Mekel at the Bach. At the Bach says that if a person is traveling um, in, in a, not by foot, he's allowed to travel even more than that, even after Chatois, as long as he makes sure that he's going to, his time when he's expected to arrive, he'll still be early and God will still gives him plenty of time to prepare for Shabbos. And that's the case, according to the Bach, a person will be allowed to go on the journey um, with the expectation that he's going to arrive in the middle afternoon and and uh, that will give him time to prepare for Shabbos. And Shabur brings it back, he doesn't argue with him, it seems like he holds like that as well. Um, if you do it at the Chaznish, held very strongly, a person shouldn't embark on the journey after Chatzos. And that's even a, uh, not such a long journey, but it's a travel after Chatzos, and Shabbos, you wouldn't want to do. al um, they say that, I think it was when the Briskarov was left there. If I'm not mistaken, is the Bible was on a Friday. And the stapler wasn't sure if he should travel from Benem to Yerushalayim to the Levaya or not. And then he decided that if he's going to go to Levaya, it means he'll only leave Yerushalayim after Chatzois to get back on his journey back. And he wasn't prepared to leave, to travel after Chatzois on Friday. And that's why he decided not to go. Um, so it was the Hazel Chaznish. Who didn't go to the Hazel Chaznish? The Brisco Levaya. As far as I remember, it was on oh. Friday. The stapler didn't want to travel because it means he had to travel back from Yerushalayim to Benem after Chatzois. Is how it is um, and uh, now, even if the Nebuchadnezzar Shalom isn't that far, the Nebuchadnezzar Shalom is still considered a, a journey in the Chutzla'ir, and that's why the Chutzla'ir is not going to travel in the Chutzla'ir after Chutzla'ir on a Friday. The Nebuchadnezzar is the Mishabura was not going to and the Chashash, even besides people traveling, and that is that the Chashash is a person will get delayed or whatever it will be, and the uh, man shouldn't travel too close to Shabbos. Besides, for the child of, of the person preparing food for him, it's the child of the traveler himself. And now, next point. Uh, so, the Shukhanarach himself says, going with his original Hashash, that we're going to be worried the person won't prepare or have appeal to prepare for the Shabbos. So therefore, the Shukhanarach brings the Rambam, and that is if the people know that he's coming or he sends he ahead that I'm coming for Shabbos. He's allowed to walk go more than four parsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to go more than four parsa because it's not like he's going to arrive without people having the chance to prepare for him. But uh, nevertheless, he also shouldn't go too far or be, or come or you know, intend to arrive too close to Shabbos. Um, okay, so that's uh, that's uh, the Shachnaros thing. Like we said, the person can bring down that even when a person is able to walk a few meant to go to. The second chashash is that he'll get stuck on the way, on the way. Um, the Mishabura brings this chashash from the Bach and the Prishna and Yusuf and the Chayy Adam and Oid Harbi Akharim in his Dashan, and that is that um, the chashash that a person not when he arrives, he wants food, but he wants to arrive in time. 
and you'll get into all the shyness of what to do when it's Shabbos and he finds himself in the middle of the stra- stranded in the middle of the street or in his car or with mukta in his pockets or with ant food or whatever it's going to be. And that's why he strongly advises that a person shouldn't uh, travel too much near Shabbos because it's a kamachil uh, Shabbos yesh. There's so much possibility of chil Shabbos in such a case. And uh, now, so what's the uh, what's the the cutoff point meant to be? Uh, so, like we said, that a person is making sure to give himself enough time not to have just before Shabbos, but to have uh, enough time before Shabbos that he doesn't have to be worried. Because like we said before the Chaznish, we held that a person shouldn't travel after Chatzais. Um, now, does it make a difference to how long the journey is? The Chaznish is, you mean, you can't start the journey? Yeah, he was talking about starting after Chatzais. Now, what about a person who's like, on a long journey, he's on a flight, let's say, which leaves Thursday night, but it's only going to arrive Friday, Monday, or whatever it is. So do we, do we, when do we, at what stage are we worried that, um, that a person shouldn't begin a journey which might conclude too close to Shabbos? So here the person don't give an exact share of how much time before Shabbos it is. It's a share that a person has to make sure that he's giving himself enough time to arrive safely before Shabbos, not that he has to arrive last, like, just before Shabbos. Because things can always take longer than expected, and then a person, like you said, it gets into Hashashas of Kilo Shabbos. I heard from a friend of mine, he's a Reverend Telstone. He said, There isn't a week that I don't have guests showing up in Telstone who are on their way to Yushalayim for Shabbos and never made it. They had to, just before Shkia, to pull into into the nearest Jewish place, which is still 12 minutes out of Yushalayim, but it was either that or Mahalo Shabbos. They used to already that they, every week they expect people to arrive, and I'm expected because who were on their way to Shalim and left too late. And it can happen. That's why the person is to be careful of traveling too much in Arab Shabbos. Now, that's all talking about the Yechutzleya. If a person is traveling in the city, which means that, that there isn't going to be the same Hashash, so then we aren't, we doesn't have the same Zahiris, because even the mass of person can walk. He's in a tomb, he's not in a place where he's going to get stuck outside. And therefore, if you say a person is traveling to family or somebody for a Shabbos Seder, he doesn't have to leave a chatzais. He can leave in the afternoon as well. It's in the same city. We don't worry the same way that he's going to get stuck because he's going to get to where he wants to get to. Um, that's all talking about a person who has the option of remaining where they are. So I can either stay where I am for Shabbos or I can begin a voyage, a journey somewhere else for Shabbos. Then we say that a person, if this is the Gemara's original rule, is we shouldn't travel before Parasa. Today we'll say a person should leave after chatzais whatever it is, and not to go somewhere else. But if a person's in a place where he doesn't have Sefer Shabbos where he is, then of course he's allowed to travel to go to a place where you will find Shabbos food. There will be Sefer Shabbos because uh, even if it's going to be traveling more than four parts, uh, the man right now is in a place where, where, where it's not bad for him to stay. He doesn't have a Sefer Shabbos where he is. Um, then he can travel further, obviously with the same understanding that he's going to make sure to arrive in time for Shabbos that he won't run into the problem of he won't run into the problem of, of getting the two close to Shabbos. Um, that's that's the first thing of Arab Shabbos. Like we said not to tra- not to begin a voyage, not to travel too far, and uh, that that way to avoid the possibility of coming too close to Shabbos. Uh, and if anybody has stories will say that things unpredictably can happen. Yeah, Flats get delayed, there's, uh, there's uh, accidents on the road, and uh, even if a person leaves with much more time than that, suddenly Shabbos is approaching and then it becomes much more of a shy. <laughs> uh, 
first, the first Takana Chazal in Erev Shabbos, and that is not to travel in Erev Shabbos. The second Takana is Chazal Ma'ed, and that is not to do Melach in Erev Shabbos. Uh, now, on what time of Erev Shabbos? So that it's brought, the person should do Melach from Zman Amencha. From Zman Amencha, and only that, the Gemara says in Tachim, that if a person does Melach on Erev Shabbos from the time of Zman Amencha, Ainu Raisim and Bracha. He's not going to get any sad Yishmael making money in the Melach he's doing. And that late. What's considered Zman Amencha? So Shabbat himself brings Mechoikas and Rishonim. Rashi says it's talking about Minchitana, which is basically the middle of the noon, that the Malachai brings from the Maram that is talking about Minchitana. Now, what's included in Melacha, which a person's not meant to be doing? So the Ramah first is a big maker. The Ramah says, we're talking about Melacha, Shaisa, Derech, Kevin. We're not talking about a once of Melacha that a person wants to do. We're talking about a melacha, which is a person's job. It's a person shouldn't be doing melacha as a job every Shabbos afternoon. Um, what does it mean in the Shabbos when it says that it used to blow the... The pile. We're going to get that in a minute. It's a good question. We should ask it on the But, uh, but uh, so what's called melacha? So firstly, the person's brain, it doesn't mean buying and selling. Melacha means physical labor. So if a person is, whatever physical labor they're doing, then a person shouldn't do after the Chayav Shabbos. And the reason is we're scared a person's going to start a job and want to finish, and it takes longer than they expected, and then they're running late and it gets too close to Shabbos. Whereas if a person's in the store buying and selling, so we're not worried that something that's got, you know, that things are going to uh, drag out and take a, be a much bigger project than he originally anticipated, and that's why a person's allowed to buy and sell even after Zvan Mincha. As long as he stops enough time before Shabbos that he can prepare for Shabbos. Now, there are certain Melachas which are Mutzah. There are certain Melachas which are Mutzah in the form of three categories. The first category is things which are needed for Shabbos. And then, for something needed for Shabbos, a Chazal will make it to allow a workman to, to do something which is needed for Shabbos. So, the examples that the Gemara gives for this and the Yishonim give for this is number one, the person needs clothes for Shabbos. He's allowed to sew clothing or fix clothing or put a hem into clothing. Or so like a baton, whatever it is, even a tefira uh, is normally a melacha. But since it's the uh, tzarich Shabbos, since it's tzarich Shabbos, a person is allowed to fix his clothing for Shabbos on the Shabbos. Similarly, to all the clothing, again, if one wants to iron his suit or whatever it's going to be, so a person will be allowed to don the prepare clothing for Shabbos, even if it involves melacha. Now that's for himself. That's part of his covered Shabbos. To do it for somebody else. If I'm a, if I'm a tailor and someone asks me to please. As, uh, put a hem in the new Shabbos suit, so then the Ramah brings that I'm allowed to do melacha with somebody else for they need for covered Shabbos, on Kaddish I don't take money for it. Because then I'm doing it for covered Shabbos, I'm not doing it as a business. So for myself, obviously I'm charging myself, I'm doing it for Shabbos. I can do it for other people also, as long as that's uh, for Shabbos, uh, which means I'm not going to charge them for it. And um, similarly, it's brought down that if a person is wants to write Kaddish Torah, so even the ksiva is normally is a bad melacha. Melacha in terms of Shabbos melacha. Uh, is a melacha in terms of Shabbos melacha. Kalamoy is a question, but let's say in terms of Shabbos, is a person that has to spend erev Shabbos writing. So he's saying it's directly mudah. That's not that's not a job. That's not a job. But if a person is a professional writer and he's writing for somebody else, uh, then it will be a shayla because uh, that's a job. And no. So a sefer doesn't look at Shabbos afternoon unless he's being attacked in the sefer Torah, which I need to learn from on Shabbos. Then he's allowed to do it. It's a Torah Shabbos. 
But besides that, tefillin and mezuzah, or for mezuzah for Shabbos, but besides that, tefillin and other things like that, or just writing mezuzahs to make money, that uh, is in the category of melach, which isn't the tzarech Shabbos, and if a person is doing it as a job, he's not meant to be doing it um, on Arab Shabbos. Right. The third category is uh, barbers allowed to give haircuts, that's, for, that's automatically for Shabbos. It doesn't need to, uh, if a person wants a haircut, that's part of preparing for Shabbos, is to cut one's hair, and therefore a barber is allowed to uh, give haircuts on Arab Shabbos. Okay. And now, now the Chiddush is, and Abraham brings, that's actually the Magdalene the Magdalene Abraham says, when it comes to a barber, he's even allowed to charge money for it. And the reason for that is because the other Melachas, it might not be clear from what a person is doing that it's for Shabbos. And therefore, a person has to show that being for Shabbos and not charging money. Whereas if a person is uh, giving someone a haircut on Arab Shabbos afternoon, it's obviously for Shabbos. If that's the case, the Magavram holds that a person is allowed to charge as well. The Vilnagan argues, the Vilnagan says that, it's better, that he holds it's better not to charge. No one's going to do it. So no barber is going to stand the whole sh- Friday afternoon giving haircuts. He's not gonna right, no one's going to do it. That's in the Khalanis, around the Magavram. And Afghanistan will be. The Afghanistan is going to be and going. If someone's not a Jew, so then even the barbers are allowed to give haircuts, it's uh, Kavit Shabbos, wouldn't be allowed to offer a Goya haircut, because that's not a Kavit Shabbos. Okay. Uh, Good question, but a haircut is something you could do earlier. You don't have to do it Arab Shabbos. You could do it earlier, you could do it in the morning. We're talking about Arab Shabbos after the Zman Right, but why did they wait? Why don't we say like Chalamoy, like, like if they can't do anything, they can't work Arab Shabbos. Okay, I'll go get my haircut Arab Shabbos. No, but Chalamoy, you can't work, you, you, you want to look nice before. The person wants to look nice for Shabbos. So we would ideal we want to get the shops. The Felix is best for shops. But we want the idea too. Okay, so that's uh, that's uh, um now I got just the side thing which is brought here in the halacha, and that is taking haircuts in Arab Shabbos afternoon. Besides the Shabbos problem, it's also brought down in the Mishnah as a shadow of Mincha. A person shouldn't uh, take a haircut in the afternoon if he hasn't done a mincha, especially mincha tana for the chashash, it'll take longer than he's considered and you must the Zman of Mincha. And so the Mishabur raises the question, was that, what about the problem that a person hasn't done a Mincha yet? Would that mean that he's not allowed to take a haircut in Arab Shabbos afternoon unless he's done a Mincha? And the Mishabur brings that since people love Shabbos and as even the person in the olden times used to go around recommending everybody to Shabbos, so you're not scared that he's going to forget about it and therefore we'd be allowed to have a haircut um, on, Arab Shabbos afternoon, on Arab Shabbos afternoon also. And uh, similarly, the minag, which was also minag for which is to wash and to go to the mikvah, to wa- or to, 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 to shower, whatever it's going to be, for covered Shabbos, which is also a Tzarek Shabbos. And they also, the Gemara says, the person should go into a Merchatz, uh, in Sabbat, as they have before Davim Mincha. So we're going to ask the people to go to the mikvah or to wash on the Arab Shabbos. If they haven't done Mincha yet, here we say the same thing, since it's Shabbos and people no, not to delay, they have to finish. So therefore, in that place, they will be allowed to be allowed to shave or to shower or to have a haircut, whatever it's going to be, even before the double mincha. Okay, so that's the din of, of Melacha on Arab Shabbos. So this is the first category of what Muta we said is those category of those Melachas which are clearly Nitzarek Shabbos. They're clearly Nitzarek Shabbos, that's not considered a Melacha, a person's allowed to do that. The second category is Father Sha'an Mayecha. A person doesn't have what to eat, and if that's the case, it's Tzarek Shabbos, because if I can work and I get money, I can buy food. And maybe that's something which also is a hatter to work on Arab Shabbos for the person who 
needs the money for food, which is you might listen to Cholamoid also. If a person does the money to buy food for Cholamoid, we let him work so that you can take Yom to possess that food. And now that's the case where the Gemara talks about that they used to blow the Shabbos and Erev Shabbos to tell the Poilin to stop working. And that was late on Erev Shabbos afternoon. We're talking about the Poil who needs to work because he's having to eat. And if that's the case, he would, he would be employed for a full day's work on Friday and that would pay for his for Shabbos food. But when would he get paid and go out and buy the food? So, can you write? We have to say that they were paid up front. Yeah. Because the amount of time we give them is the amount of time it's going to take them to come home, fry a fish and boil a thing of water. So they're not going shopping them. But as I said, they were paid up front for, for the day's work. And that way, they, while they were working, their wife, whoever it was, would go shopping and get food. Now, what, that gather of a person who needs money for food is allowed to work in Arab Shabbos. Mr. Burr says is any, isn't just for the basics. For chalas and, and grapes for Giddish. It's even for boss of the end. If a person needs money for food which is going to enhance their Shabbos, then if that's the case, he's allowed to do a melacha which will get paid for in order because it's considered of Shabbos that a person um, that a person wants to wants to use the money to to enhance Shabbos. That's the second category of where it's mutter where it's mutter to uh, do melacha and Shabbos. In the third category, we started talking from the Ramari, it was called the Harai. By the way, it's not something which is this fixed job, it's not something which um, a person always wants to do. Most last minute emergencies happening on Arab Shabbos fall into this category. In other words, the person knows Arab Shabbos afternoon that the fridge stopped working, or that there's a leak in the pipe, or something like that, and he wants to try work to fix it. So then, that's, now, to bring in the professional that this is their job, and that's their all day, that would be a problem. Because that's melacha. But if a person, it'll depend on the situation. If if it, if it would render the the person unable to use his house, or he wouldn't have anywhere to, to put his food, there would be slacha shavas. But in the case where the person wants to work himself, that's not his normal job. But the man right now, he has he has he wants to fix something. He was called an arai. So then on that there would be a hetzer um, to work arai because that's not considered a melacha kavur that a person's making for themselves on their own shavas. Um, that's those are the categories of what mutter on as far as the lachah goes and Travis. And similarly, when you talk about a person that prepares themselves for Shabbos, so if a person that is not going to bother, they want to give themselves a haircut or anything like that, then for sure it's mutter. It's like Shabbos, any person not doing it as a as a as a as a job, then for sure a person that kind of thing is mutter to do in their Shabbos. Okay, that's the then. That's the second then. And then it's so, the, so this is basically physical labor. Physical, physical labor. Yeah, so right. somebody's a professional really like, he's a professional, he's a psychologist, whatever, you know, I mean, that's a huge, no problem. We don't see a problem with that. We're talking about my similar. Right. The person wants to cancel people or to be paid for, or giving lectures, whatever it's going to be. That's like pragmatia, which means like the person can do buy and sell things as well. So that's all right. The point of the spar that he's back here caught up in it, so... Let's say it's a particularly difficult case. The fellow is, I don't know, extra counselors. He takes on a project right before Shabbos and Shabbos. The question is, he's nothing of a lachah. So, he's an accountant and he's crunching numbers. That's not correct, yeah. That's not correct. So, first, just stop long enough for his time to be for Shabbos. You don't answer from him. Even though they stayed on a particular difficult case. Maybe. The Mashmar says that it's a difficult case. Right. I could bring up an interesting point. Uh, we, we have a little bit of a luxury here in Eretz Israel that Friday's the day off, right? So 
But in Chutzlart, you work Monday through Friday. Right. And Friday, in the winter, you have to rush home. Right. And as a person to leave work early enough, so, to yeah. make sure they have a behind for shops. So somebody who has flexible hours can work extra hours on Thursday, and have a couple hours early on Friday. But for a lot of people, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. And uh, especially... Especially when you have husband and wife working, you know. Right, and uh, the employees oh. have to work then, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's a big chashash. And uh, that's why I have this thing. That's what the Gemara says about it that a person shouldn't be tempted to work because of any race in bracha. The money that a person makes from Malacha on every Shabbos afternoon, he's not going to get any benefit from it anyway. Um, now, that's the second din, the last din, uh, which is an interesting din, and it's brought in the Shulchan Aruch, and that is the, the, the din of fasting on the Shabbos. They're fasting on the Shabbos, and there's two reasons why um, there's a question about fasting on the Shabbos. The first one is because a person is not meant to fast on Shabbos, and uh, to, to fast is an inner, you have to fix oneself, and Shabbos is meant for an inner. And now the Kiddush is that if a person comes into Shabbos and now he's not allowed to eat until the end of the day because he decided to fast Friday, so then the item is affecting himself on Shabbos. So even though most people don't normally want to eat anyway between when Shabbos comes in until night time when they're going to eat the soda, there wasn't an affliction, they just don't want to eat right then. But here when a person is hungry and they haven't eaten the whole day and they're not letting themselves eat until it's a kachavim, there's a certain affliction. Especially if a person died early Shabbos and now everyone else is making Kiddush and he has to wait another hour because it's still daytime. So for sure there's an inuit. And that's why Chazal said that uh, there's, a, there's not so simple to fast on Arab Shabbos and the Shabbos because a person is not meant to manner themselves, afflict themselves on Shabbos with the fast. The second point, and that is that um, Sometimes, after a fast, people can't eat. Depends on the person. A lot of people, the, uh, uh, fasting like doesn't able to help them eat better on the contrary. They find it much harder to eat after a fast, which means fasting and Shabbos is going to interfere with your ability to eat at the sort of Shabbos. And that's why a person shouldn't fast time on the Arab Shabbos, but that possibility that a tiny stibber will fall on the Arab Shabbos, which we're going to have this year, the only tiny stibber which can fall on the Shabbos is the side of like we have this year, so then we have to fast. It's a takhanadirabon. Even it falls on a Friday, you have to fast on a Friday, and you have to fast until it says. Which means even if you bring in Shabbos before that, a person can't eat until it says. It's a time of stable, we have to fast until it says. Now, in Eretz Israel, or the Northern Hemisphere, it's not such a big deal because Mamish is the middle of the winter, and by the time a person is done married anyway, it's after it says. So it doesn't make such a difference. But in places in the Southern Hemisphere, when it's the middle of the summer, and then if people want to bring in Shabbos early, then again, you, you wait, left waiting an hour, an hour and a half after you have until you can eat. That's, that, that, that's much more than anything, but that's halacha. You can't eat in a tiny silver until it's a kechavim. The question when this comes up is what about a tiny ziyachit? Uh, whether it's a yardite, whether the minute was to fast on a yardite, or it's a tiny for chiva, or it's a tiny for any other reason the person wants to fast. So are they meant to fast just until they bring in Shabbos, or are they meant to fast? Until nighttime, until nighttime. Uh, so the, the, the Mishabura brings a, a few options about it, but his maskana is like this. The maskana is if the first time the person took on his fast on a Friday, he made it tonight. I'm only fasting until Shabbos comes in. That's okay. And then it's the fast until he takes in Shabbos. Once taking in Shabbos, is allowed to break the fast and eat. Um, since the Maisa, he was still fasting when he gets to Mincha, before he took in Shabbos. So he passed like the Ramah. And then a person can say, Nenu ba Mincha, because um, a fast, which is until he's done, he can say, Anenu. Um, like I said, if you pass like the Ramah on that, 
But uh, when it's after it's brought in Shabbos, he's allowed to make Kedush and eat. But if the first time the person fasted, he fasted on Tzotzes, so then we see that his das was to fast Tzotzes. And that's the case even future times, now that he's been really covered that I have to fast Tzotzes, so every man he has to fast Tzotzes even if it falls on the Shabbos. And if that's the case, on Erev Shabbos. If that's the case, even if the first year that a person fasted for something, it wasn't on Erev Shabbos. And then he had no Yatarim. He had to fast the whole day for Yatzat, for example. The first year of the Yatzat fell on a Wednesday, a Tuesday. So now there's no choice. He has to fast until the end of the day. And now the second year falls on a Friday. So now, because they have to fast the whole day or just until Shabbos comes in, the Shabbos says, since by him the fast of the Yatzat is until it says, so now even on the Erev Shabbos is going to have to fast until it says, Unless he made it tonight, the first time he fasted, that when this will fall on the of Shabbos, I'm not going to fast till Shabbos. It, I don't remember ever a public fast day falling on a Friday. Yeah, we're going to have it a few weeks time. Yeah. <laughs> Asar B'Tavis. The only fast day which can't fall on Friday is Asar B'Tavis, about six years ago. It doesn't happen so often, but it's going to happen again this year. Six years? That, actually, no. Uh, no, I said no. Is that the day and a half? Of fasting and Shabbos. And um, now, one last point, and this is obvious, Shabbat already says, that the person is fasting a tiny chalom. So, a tiny chalom is not a Shabbos, as we know. And therefore, if a person is fasting a tiny chalom on a Friday, he has to finish the fast. Even if they are on Shabbos, and if you have to fast until the end of the day, in order to, in order to, for the, the tiny chalom to be effective. Uh, even if it means fasting into Shabbos too. Um, that's the that's dinner of fasting. Now it's interesting. The Mishabur talks about Yom Kippur Kotten. When Arab, when Rosh Chodesh is on the Shabbos, so should a person fast on Friday or on Thursday? So the Mishabur is like this. That if a person is going to dive in the Tfilis Yom Kippur Kotten on Thursday, he should fast when he dives in Yom Kippur Kotten. But if not, then he should fast on the Friday, because that's better than Arab Rosh Chodesh. And if that's okay, so you have the same question. Fasting on the Friday, which is Arab Shabbos, so then it will depend if you're the first time a person was in it. Because it's not a tiny stable, so the first person who covered it, he undertook to fast just until uh, until Shabbos comes in, and he can stop when Shabbos comes in, or he undertook to fast until Tzitzit Yechavim, in which case he has to wait until Tzitzit. The same thing for the Minagi Shalayim, that they fast Shabbat for those people who do it on a Friday, so it's the same question every week. So the person fasts until Shabbos comes in, or until Tzitzit Yechavim, and then again, it's a question of what a person did the first time, and uh, there also the fasts which there's a ta'elis in finishing the, in having the fast. So then the Birach already says here it's better to finish the fast even though it's going to Shabbos because if you want it to be effective, then you can't take the chance of it may be fasting until uh, until you bring in Shabbos, even though it's not the end of the day. It's good enough. But if that's the case, then you suffer it's better to it's better to fast until Tasakhab. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah. They were capable themselves to fast on Chatzos. Right, in Where this is brought down in the Halacha, and this is actually very difficult, you know, whoever does that, the Tanis Pacharim, or Pesach. So, Be'emes Tanis Pacharim, person is meant to fast. Now, no one wants to fast, or Pesach, so we find the heads, we find the Siyam, or Siyam, or something not to fast. If a person is going to fast, they have to fast until the night. There's no half day there. I'd come with a person who wants to fast, so then it's a takana to fast on Erev Pesach, it's to fast the whole day. Erev Shoshana, it was a chumrah that or minus chassidus that people took on themselves. And that's the case, we can makabal if we want to be makabal. So makabal half day, it's also something. But Erev Pesach isn't a kabbalah, it's a din. And if unless a person is going to find a way to pass the fast, then he's going to have to fast until tonight, until the night.